Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SWAT radio program here on Monday, August 22nd. We are live with you from the Salem Center in Jacksonville, Florida, stormy and rainy Jacksonville, Florida. This is David Gray with Brad Sykes. Doug McCary of His Light Ministries is off this week, and uh, we're glad you're with us. Uh, Glad and thankful for all of our participating stations, WMOX and WMER and Meridian, Mississippi, WPMH in Chesapeake, Virginia. That's the lighthouse. And then here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. And you can also listen, as always, on the SWAT Radio app or at SWATradio.com, where you can also find any past broadcast. How are you, Brad? I'm good, buddy. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. This is... Totally random, but you know how, you know, you probably talk to people in other parts of the country, relatives and friends, and they just think Florida is just one constant crazy thing after another happening, right? That's where we get the Florida man. Florida man, right. But I I was reminded of a crazy thing. I was driving in and uh, it's really raining out, a lot of storms around, and GPS took me up us one the whole way here from my house yeah because of the rain i guess so there must have been traffic on 95 but i was recalling this was just probably five or six years ago so i'm coming now for those of you who don't live here us one is the highway before 95 so a busy road two lanes northbound and southbound businesses on either side Mm -hmm. and i'm coming right up by the movie theater which is the regal avenues movie theater which is a big busy area and i was recalling that several years ago i was driving southbound there at probably four or five in the afternoon and there's kind of a small ditch on the side of the road and i look over and there's two police officers wrangling about an eight foot alligator are you right on the side of the road uh, by us one and i thought you know only in florida that's (laughs) That's where people get the idea that uh, all this crazy stuff happens, partly because it does. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. We, uh, my wife and I both, uh, we, we are in the real estate business. Most people who listen to SWAT know that. But um, uh, we have the privilege almost on a weekly basis to tour people who are looking to move to Jacksonville. It's kind of a unique setup. Anyway, all that to say, it almost without question. Uh, everybody that we tour asks us two things. Number one, tell me about hurricanes. Mm -hmm. Of course, I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, I always make this up, but I think it's true. Jacksonville sits back a little bit. If you look at the state of Florida, Jacksonville kind of is in a little bit of a recess or a little concave there. And I think the storms that come off the Atlantic kind of hit south of us and kind of bounce off. Tend to, yeah, and, seemingly. And end yeah. up somehow going north and impacting those to the north right. of us. Sorry for those of you up in Virginia Beach and North Carolina and South Carolina, but that is uh, that is that does seem to be the issue. The only ones that we seem to be impacted by are the ones that get into the Gulf. Come across. And then, you know, come yep. across the state. Right. I mean, that was true in Matthew. It was true in Irma. Uh, anyway, the other question is, now, can you, can you, you think you can ask the question that most people ask? Um, hurricanes and 
alligators. alligators. Tell me about well, alligators. I should have got that one since yeah. I told the story. Hey, listen, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I've been here 25 years. You've been here not quite that long, but close. Almost. Yeah. And uh, I could count on one hand the times I've seen a, a gator. Yeah. I will see them every once in a while. Now, I'm always... On the golf course. Yeah, probably. and I've always got my eyes open for them when I'm driving around and I drive by retention ponds and things like that, especially down in St. John's County where it might be a little less populated in certain areas. I will see them occasionally yeah. on a bank by a retention pond. I, I've seen a few, and like you said, on the golf course. And yeah. I, I think our friends down in Orlando actually have a bigger issue with it yeah. than we do. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why that is. And, hey, that... Listen, if, if you disagree, call us. We'd love to know where you live. Maybe you can give <laughs> us some I'm insight. I'm sure there's plenty of people with alligator stories. And every once in a while, you do read about somebody waking up and finding one in their pool or on their back patio. Or Well, I don't see you and I wrangling any no, alligators anytime no, soon. I'm no, running, no. Not, run, not wrangling. Yeah. Five years ago, maybe. Now, no way. No, me never. <laughs> no. Anyway. God gave me wisdom when That's it comes right. to alligators. And legs. And legs. <laughs> Faster exactly. legs than an alligator. Well, anything going on in the world today? Well, yeah. well you anything know. over the weekend? I mean, I don't know. I, I oh, not that I wasn't uh, somewhat in tune with what, but I was really more in tune with. Did the Jaguars win this weekend? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I I think they they did wind Steve up. Steve said they yeah. lost by one. Yeah, they lost okay. to the Steelers preseason game. I I didn't really pay that much attention. I watched about five minutes. My wife, um, my wife says it's a good sign when they lose in preseason. Yeah. You know, I, I guess that's because it's a bad sign when they win in preseason maybe. because we end up having a maybe. bad year. Yeah, I look, I always, as a, uh, you know, I people know I've been a Patriots fan. For a long time, I'm not a fair-weather bandwagon guy. I was watching them back when they were terrible. Well, that's true. I mean, people ought to be able to hear your accent. <laughs> That's right. That's, Boston. That's right. We uh speaking of that, my son sent me a video. I have a two year old granddaughter and they sent me a video of her with a T shirt that says Wicked Smart <laughs> and she's saying they've got her saying Wicked Smart okay, like good. uh if you've yeah. seen Goodwill Hunting, right? Great uh, film. One of the film. one of the friends <laughs> says about Matt Damon, What do you think of my boy now? He's wicked smart. <laughs> but anyway, um yeah that it's, see, I learned, I told myself a long time ago, preseason means nothing. I mean, you just can't go by anything you see in preseason. I, the Patriots have had years where they're 0 and 4, 1 and 3 in the preseason. They don't look that great and they win the Super Bowl. So I think it's, it's basically get guys some playing time, figure out who you're going to cut, who, what your opening day roster is going to be, and try not to get your good players hurt. Right. Well, that seems to be uh, kind of the curse of the Jaguars. It seems like we have these great picks, and somehow they get hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I think I think this guy, Doug Peterson, is a proven coach. I mean, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. Patriot reference. He beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 2017 when he was with the Eagles and uh, played in the league, was a quarterback, and has a good reputation for working with quarterbacks and I think Trevor Lawrence probably needs that, and I think I think that the atmosphere and the vibe around the team seems different with him as coach. So we'll see. Well, we'll it's see. so interesting not to get off on sports. Although we our our new station in Meridian, yeah. Mississippi, used to be a sports oh, talk really? program, 
and now they're uh, they're having to listen to a couple of knuckleheads that don't really know that much about sports. However, oh, come on, speak for yourself. Uh, well, I, was just, I can talk about golf. Uh, yeah, that's right. But I'm not going to talk right. about golf today because uh, David has not watched. He's recorded yes. the final uh, 36 holes of the U.S. Amateur. That's right. Uh, so I won't spoil it here. I'm in the middle but of that. I, I think one of the interesting things about quarterbacks, if I recall, it seems like when you drafted a quarterback, first round, second round. He kind of became a not a backup. He kind of was mentored by a veteran right. quarterback. I right. think of my good friend Mark Brunell, yep. who was you know mentored by Brett Favre. Right, that's right. And then you you look at other quarterbacks. Yep. Uh, was it Montana who who mentored uh, Rice? Well, Montana mentored Steve Young, I mean, certainly, Steve Young, although Steve me. Young was playing in the USFL before he came right. to the 49ers. But he sat behind Montana for a yeah. couple of years. Yeah. But nowadays, you have, uh, we make drafts right. who end up playing the yeah. first year. These guys the are year. under so much pressure. That's yeah. right. And I don't That's think right. they have that experience right. yet. Yep, yep. Even Brady. Pro. Brady played a couple of years behind Sat. People forget that. They think that Brady won the Super Bowl his rookie year. He didn't. It was his second year. He had sat That's his first year. Impressive. Right, it, true. But he had sat behind Drew Bledsoe and then got his chance because Bledsoe, who was probably the best quarterback at the time the Patriots had ever had, got hurt on a famous hit by the Jets' Mo Lewis that almost killed him. Look at you. And, uh, well, you're yeah. just showing off. Now, I'm showing off for the folks in Meridian. Um <laughs> But but that's how Brady started playing, and then he just, you know, they couldn't put Bledsoe back in because Brady had played so well. So, anyway, but you're right. There's a lot lot of pressure on these quarterbacks that come in as number one picks. So. Well, I'm looking forward to college football. Yeah. How about you? Who's your team? Well, you know, everybody asks me that. As a Northerner originally, I, I, I don't have the fervor for co- – <laughs> I mean, I love college football, but I don't have I, – I guess I – I should say FSU because my daughter works for FSU. If you if you made me answer, it would be the Gators. Oh, uh, good. Yeah, but yeah. I like them both. I mean, I don't have this. When you grow up in a pro town like Boston, right. you know, right. you you root for the pro teams. And but I love college football. I love the atmosphere. I love it when it's you know just the sound of college oh, football yeah. when it's on TV on the weekends. And so it's a fun time of I, year. I love college yep. football. Yep. Just absolutely love it. Yep. I do have a team or two. Um, my alma mater, TCU, sure. and then of course the Gators are one of my favorite teams. Uh, yep, I'm, I'm kind of looking for. I don't know for some reason college football just reminds me of the fall. Yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely. There, there's something, and I think we're all we can all agree to this. There's something comforting about our routines, and not that we put our faith in that, as we right. will talk about. But uh, there's just something comforting and uh, expected about. The routines, you know, and, and I think college football is one of those. And baseball used to, I think baseball used to be, when I was a kid, spring training games, you know, the sports wasn't on TV mm-hmm. as much as it oh, is today. I mean, yeah. you saw a game once in a while, but, um, you know, when I would read in the paper that the Red Sox moving van had left for <laughs> Winter Haven, Florida, you know, and when occasionally a game was on one of the UHF channels, which was our cable, oh, our cable yes. back in yes. the day, right? Um yeah, that was a big deal. That was a huge deal. That when you live in a cold weather climate, man, that you know, the warm weather is coming. Baseball's coming. Baseball was, but I don't think baseball plays that same role. I think in a lot of ways, football is. I still love baseball, but football is supplanting baseball in that role a little bit. So. Well, I think, and I love baseball. In fact, my my uh, my dad, who may be listening, is a just avid 
uh, Astros fan. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I grew up an Astros sure. fan. Uh, but I think baseball is, there's so many games that it, unless you are an avid fan, it's hard to kind of keep up. Yeah. And I think in some ways, uh, the NBA is a bit that way. Yeah. Now, I got to be honest, I've, I've kind of departed from a lot of pro sports mm-hmm. just in light of yeah, some of the positions they've taken over the last couple of years. Yep. And that's been a gradual process. But, of course, uh, you know, the last couple of years we've seen a complete abandonment of the family right. among pro sports. Right. I, I don't say all pro sports. I don't see it a whole lot in golf yep. but or tennis. Yep. Uh, but Well, even just financially, for people to huh. take their kids to a game, forget about even all the other stuff, just financially it's – you got to take out a home equity loan just to go to a game and it's, buy a few refreshments, and it's, it's crazy. It really is yeah. insane, and you you do kind of go, well, is this a good use of the money that yeah. God's provided yeah. for us? And it, and listen, I'm not I'm not sitting back here judging. No. you know, it's oftentimes we we sit back and go, God, I, if I had the money, I would never buy that. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't have the money, so right. I can't really say that. You know, it's interesting, and I don't know if you get to any of the. Uh, the jumbo shrimp games. Uh, do you do that? Do you get out to any of those Every games? year, I say to myself, I'm going to go to five or six games this summer. And then if I get to one or two, I'm, I'm lucky. I haven't been for a while, but I have been to plenty of games, yes. I haven't been to one this year. I haven't either. I've got it on my, my calendar. Uh, but every time it's like, hey, this would be a good night or a good week to go. They're not in town. But for those of you who may be listening here in Jacksonville, if you if you haven't been to a a jumbo I almost called them the suns well they used to be the suns for years and um yeah i remember when they when they became the jumbo shrimp i think we were all shocked of all the names i know minor league teams have crazy names but of all the names right but i think jumbo shrimp has grown on everybody and i love the little phrase crustacean nation you know that's that's a good one so i love it yeah i i i just think it's a fun uh venue it's a it's a great experience. Good family entertainment yep. without breaking the bank. And these guys are still hungry. It's oh, good baseball, and these guys are hungry. So Absolutely. Anyway, we're going to take our first break, and we're glad you're with us here on SWAT Radio. David Gray and Brad Sykes in for Doug McCary today. And we will be right back to get into our topic for this week. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. There I was on death row Guilty in the first degree 
Son of God hanging on him Hell was my destiny The crowd was shouting Welcome back to SWAT Radio. I almost said sports radio because I had it on my mind, jokingly. Well, you that totally we were, distracted yeah, Steve. That's you know? right. <laughs> back to SWAT Radio. And uh, we have had, you know, usually we spend the first 15 minutes kind of talking about what's going on in the world. or And, and we got on to sports a little bit uh, because of all the, uh, mainly because of, I, I guess, football season starting. But uh, anyway, David Gray and Brad Sykes here with you on SWAT Radio. Doug McCary is off this week. And uh, we have been talking over the last week or two, and uh, we're going to continue that today and this week about the gospel according to Jesus. And we've talked some about God's original plan uh, for his people uh, and for all people, about for, for people to live in total dependent relationship with God. And, um, and, and he provided a, a perfect environment for that in the garden. But, of course, man sinned, and that became our problem that we can't be reconciled to god on our own we have no god's god's uh complete sovereignty and holiness and and how we have no ability to make ourselves right with god on our own and that's kind of what we've talked about over the last couple of weeks you know uh david as you know and for those who are tuning in maybe for the first time in a while we're we are about two or three weeks from starting our swat bible studies for the year and those usually go from september to may and so uh, uh, the radio kind of begins uh, kind of early August. And so Doug decided he wanted to kind of spend four or five weeks working through this uh, popular book uh, by John MacArthur called The Gospel According to Jesus, What is Authentic Faith? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so oftentimes um, when you ask, we, we had a, a guest on uh, it's been two or three years ago by the, by the name of Greg Gilbert. Uh, Greg was on staff at Southern Seminary. I believe he still is, <clears throat> but he also is a pastor of a church up in the Louisville area. He wrote a book called What is the Gospel? And if you, it, he kind of begins the book by saying, you know, if you were to line up 10 ministry leaders and you ask each of them to give you a definition of the gospel, you get 10 different mm definitions and i think that would be true amongst most in the church and what we've been kind of working through over the last two or three weeks is kind of giving a a uh, kind of a picture of a four it's not four steps but it's four points to the gospel and you kind of mentioned it there is first of all it doesn't begin with man it, it doesn't begin with man being a sinner uh, it begins with god at the very center, at the core, you know, we, we have a very man-centered mm-hmm. uh, view of Christianity, and yet the view, our view of Christianity should be rooted in the fact that God has a plan. Yeah. He, has, he has a purpose yeah. for his people. Yep. Uh, and that purpose, that plan, is ultimately a relationship with him yep. that is, number one, dependent, it's personal, and it's intimate. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, we're... We are, we, we are dependent. I mean, at some point we realize that I'm actually teaching out of Revelation chapter 17 tomorrow. I've spent most of the morning kind of just reading and studying. And you realize that in the end days, 
for lack of a better term, all hell is going to break loose, mm-hmm. and we know that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and people are going to absolutely run to all sorts of things. Um, and, and chapter 17 of Revelation is really the destruction of the world religions. Mm. But there's really only two religions. There's true religion and false religion. Right. And man is constantly producing false religions. Mm-hmm. We, we were... <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, we were talking about sports. We were created to worship. Mm-hmm. That that is really we are worshipers. However, God created us to be worship him, to be in a relationship with him. But scripture tells us tells us that no one seeks after God, no not one. But we will definitely seek other things to worship. Yeah. So it is that the the line that there's a a God <clears throat> sized hole or a God-shaped hole, right, that only God can fill, but men try to fill it with anything but, yeah. unless God draws them to himself. <clears throat> Amen. Right? Amen. Right. And that's that's where it begins. Yeah. It's that God has a plan. Yeah. He has a purpose for your life. It's to be in an intimate, personal, and dependent relationship with him. Step two, part two, is man's problem. Mm-hmm. So you got God's plan, then you got man's problem. And what is our problem? Yeah, it's sin. We... We are sinful creatures. It says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the problem is not just sin. It's that the wages of sin is death. It's complete separation from God. And I don't think that even as believers, I don't think we can have a proper appreciation for what that means. Certainly unbelievers scoff it off like it's nothing. I always think of Billy Joel's song, you know, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. Mm. The sinners are much more fun. <laughs> this idea that hell will be a party. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And <clears throat> I think that the the world in general, you know, and, and, and I get it. You know, I'm, some of my favorite far side cartoons are, <laughs> you know, the guy pushing the wheelbarrow uphill in hell and he's whistling while he's doing it. And the devil says to one of his minions, I don't think we're getting through to this guy, you know, and. <laughs> funny but but in all seriousness we don't have an appreciation i remember a pastor of mine saying once no preacher worth his salt should ever preach on hell without a tear in his eye this idea that it's not it's not just death as in physical death we will live forever yeah it's just the the, where is the issue in god's presence and in heaven and fully redeemed and in glorified bodies and part of his family or will we be in in hell forever and that's what the bible teaches and that's the that's to back to your original point that's the real problem the problem is we can't do anything about that separation that sin causes that well that's exactly right yeah the problem isn't just sin the problem is that in and of ourself, we are hopeless. We are hopeless right. to have a relationship with, with God. And and interestingly enough, I, I left the house early this morning because <clears throat> uh, my wife was supposed to have a couple of our grandsons over today. And I thought, listen, as much as I love those grandboys, I, 
I, there's no way I'm going to be able to put together my lesson for tomorrow. No. And so she knows this. No and chance. so oftentimes I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm praying over her and I'm leaving at 630 to go to Panera to find my booth I can sit in right. and, and study and write. <laughs> right. <clears throat> and so I, 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 if you've been at the San Marco Panera, you've probably seen me there for the last six hours. But anyway, uh, after the rain subsided, I left Panera, walked out to my car and on my windshield was this, uh, David. It says the seven words of the cross. And then another pamphlet that said where to find hope. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? You and I are going to talk about where we find hope. Because while the, the, the God's plan was that we'd be in a relationship with him, the problem is that we sin and have broken that relationship. And there is no hope apart from the cross, which we're going to look at over the, this week, uh, that we're going to look at God's solution to man's problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope, you know, as I was even driving here today, I was praying. I have to turn off my radio sometimes just to say, God, I calm my spirit yeah. as I make my way to get behind the mic. Because to your point, I not only want a passion for the truth of the gospel, I want compassion for those right. who are lost. Because we'd be in the same boat if oh, it's not absolutely. for God's grace. And I have to be reminded of that all the time because it's so easy to get aggravated with others or, or with people who don't believe the truth or come up with all these cockamamie ideas or whatever it is. It's hard not to have that attitude sometime of, oh, they'll get theirs. Well, what what am I kidding myself? I'm, I'm in the same exact boat. If God didn't pluck me out of the pit of hell, I'd be in the same boat. And that's what we have to remember. It's so easy to forget that. It's so easy to get judgmental, and it is for me anyway, to get on my high horse or to just be irritated or aggravated, and, and that is certainly not the right spirit because I'd, I'd be in the same boat if it wasn't for God's grace and mercy. And, 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 you know, we've talked, we talked last week about this idea that God electing people and choosing the question comes up. Well, that's not fair, right? Well, why would God choose one and not the other? You know, the real question would be for those of us. And I put myself at the top of the list would be why me? Yeah. Well, Paul said, such were some of you. I mean, in other words, when we look at a lost world and point our finger at it, Scripture turns that finger back yeah, on absolutely. us and says, such were some of you. Absolutely. Like, such were all of us. Such was I, yeah. correct. And sometimes still am, <laughs> still not, am. not positionally, but in experience. Right. Absolutely. So we are going to take a quick break for the news. We're glad you're with us. Come back on the other side on SWAT Radio with David Gray and Brad Sykes. Touchdown in the cold black top 
Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Brad Sykes on Monday afternoon here live in Jacksonville, Florida. Glad you're with us. And we are talking about, we're recapping a little um, of what we've been talking about uh, that is essentially uh, part of uh, the main points of a book written by John MacArthur called The Gospel According to Jesus. And uh, we're recapping um, kind of the first two points of the gospel that MacArthur uh, covers and uh, God's perfect plan for us originally, but man's problem, which which is sin and our inability to do anything about that in terms of reconciling ourselves to God or putting ourselves in right standing mm-hmm. with God, that it is uh, up to God's mercy. There's a great phrase in the Bible. I, don't, I was trying to look it up in the break, how many times it occurs in Scripture. That would be a good study, right? The phrase, but God. But God, I love but it. But <laughs> God, that, that there's so many times where the Bible outlines what is bad news. And that, that yeah. you know, not to get off too much on a tangent, but... That's another part about the gospel that we don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. In, the gospel means good news, right? And the good news, as Doug likes to point out, is God reigns. <laughs> Our God reigns. That's the, what is it, the euangelion? Do I have that yes, right? I gotta, that's correct. I've got to show yes, them that I'm paying attention. Um, but that, that there has to, if there's good news, that means there had to be bad news. Right. And, and that's the part we're talking about right now, that man's problem is the bad news. There's... And the Bible is clear about that, but but that's when that phrase "but God" comes in a lot. Amen. That God does something; He loves us so much that He doesn't want to leave us in that condition. Yes, absolutely. And and, and wants to reconcile His family to Himself. I was thinking of that verse, Ephesians two, and you were dead mm. in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. You know, we're talking about that before the break. Mm. This is this is this is Paul saying that you all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body. And then verse 4 says, but God. Mm. But God. I mean, those. Uh, I have it circled right here. Yep. The, two, two of the best sounding words you could possibly hear. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in mm. our trespasses. Right. We weren't. We didn't have the flu. We didn't have COVID. We were dead. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever seen a dead person resurrect on his own? No. No. And uh, you know, we've talked about this before. We've mentioned the name Jack Turpin. Jack. I'm and I apologize for interrupting you. I'll let you finish that up. But Jack was part of Doug's board for a while, and Jack was a great friend of mine. uh, Became a kind of a de facto associate pastor at our church. He's a longtime senior pastor. He passed away a couple years ago. And um, but Jack used to Jack used to do a little drawing, right? That uh, a lot of people think that you know, okay, we're we're in trouble. Yeah, we're floating on the surface of the water, and Jesus throws a a life preserver. And Jack would always correct that and show people just these stick figures at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, right, exactly. with no help. And and to your point about you know 
physically dead and you know spiritually dead is the same as physically dead in terms of dead is dead dead is dead and can a dead man make a choice yeah yeah or do anything about it and the answer of course is no that that's another kind of evidence if you will about our inability to do anything about it we're dead the bible's clear we're dead and we can't a dead person can't make a choice or take any action well it says but god being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses listen to this he made us alive Mm. together with christ by grace you have been saved i was uh i love this quote from macarthur's book it says Conversion is not simply a sinner's decision for Christ. It is first the sovereign work of God in transforming the individual. The great miracle of redemption is not that we accept Christ, but that he accepts yeah, us. Right. He, I think of while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't die for those who had their act together. Right. He died for you and me and yep. for all of you who are listening in. We were transgressors. We were dead in our sin. If you have been redeemed, it is because God chose to redeem you. And he holds out that offer he to does. anyone who <clears throat> who is currently not in that state of believing and, and having saving faith. He holds out that offer to you, and hopefully what we're talking about will cause you to think about those things deeply because there is nothing more important even though we love to talk in the first 15 minutes about college football and golf, and <laughs> there is nothing more important than what we're talking about right now. Amen. Amen. And I think it's, uh, you know, I think what we're getting at this week, and as we'll kind of unpack this throughout the week, we're going to look at a, a number of different passages. And I was just kind of, if you want, David, let's look at Luke 4. 4. Luke 4. Um, Luke is in the New Testament, right? <laughs> Yes. That's my favorite. I did that I did that to our good friend Scott at the SWAT training day. Yes. When the uh speaker said to look up a verse and it was I forget what book it was. Let's say it was Luke and I leaned forward to Scott and I said that's in the New Testament and we were like a couple of fourth graders in church who couldn't stop laughing. So Well, and I, I was tempted to go to Isaiah 53. Um Isaiah 53. What tell you what? Let's I'm going to get you jump. I'll just see if you really understand your scripture. And, and <laughs> Isaiah, can, by the way, David, is in the Old I Testament. Can, I can get there, right. and I did have that one on the list that we might read that, and that, of course, is a famous famous passage. Why don't we just read that, and we'll see how that takes us. We'll take a break here in just a minute. So we want to read all of Isaiah 53? <laughs> yeah, let's okay, read sure. Isaiah 53. So, Isaiah chapter 53. Who has believed what he has heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, 
and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut out, cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring, he shall prolong his days. And the will, the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. <clears throat> I don't want to go to another passage other than just to, you know, we can unpack and let let those words, I mean, we're promised in Scripture that the, his words will not return void. Even if it's just you and I, they're <laughs> impacted by this. Right. Uh, I hope many of you who are listening just allow those words to wash over you. And that you'll go back and read them for yourself and meditate on them a little bit because they're powerful. They really are. I mean, this is... Uh, hundreds of years before the Savior, right. before Jesus, the Messiah, comes on the scene. And and here is a, a perfect picture of God's solution to our problem. We have a problem. That problem is not, not just sin. It's that we can do nothing about our sin. We, but God has. God has done something about our sin. And I think it's important for people listening and, and, you know, it, as I have just even today been looking at these false religions that are going to be destroyed in the final days, all of them, absolutely all of them are about earning your way to God. And, and this, you know, here it is, this brochure that was sitting on my, my windshield as I came out of Panera is that where where do you find hope? That's the, the title of this pamphlet. And whoever dropped it off on my car, I don't know. It was raining so hard that it washed out the, the stamp that was on the mm. back. The only thing I could pick up on is it says Baptist. <laughs> I'm assuming it maybe is Southside Baptist Church. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Right. But the, the question is, where do you find hope? Mm. You, listen, you may need hope today over something going on in your life. It could be finances, could be health, could be relationships. But there's a greater hope that we have as to where you're going to spend eternity. Yeah. And uh, that oftentimes, you know, can can just put you in fear. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, we've talked about this before. You, you know, you said you're teaching on Revelation, which gets you thinking about Jesus coming back. Yeah. He and whether it's back. right, and whether it's him coming back physically or us first dying and and seeing him, there's only two possible reactions. 
right? Right. Among people, unbridled joy or unbridled terror. Yeah. Yeah. There's no in between. Um, and and that's and that issue has to be settled first before you can have hope in other things, right? In order to have hope, like for some of the day to day issues that we're talking about, that issue of knowing him and having saving faith and being part of his family has to be settled first. Yeah. Then we have hope in all things. Amen. So Amen. We're going to take our last break here on SWAT Radio. David Gray and Brad Sykes, come on back after the break. Glad you're with us. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be me without you. Welcome back to SWAT Radio for our final segment here on Monday, August 22nd. I'm David Gray, along with Brad Sykes. Doug McCary is away this week, but we'll be back next Monday. And uh, we're glad you're with us. By the way, give us a call if anything we're saying here, uh, you want to comment or question, 1-844-777-7928. And we have been looking today at God's solution to our sin problem. And we've we've read up uh, Isaiah chapter 53. And Brad, I know you wanted to focus a little bit on verse 6. Well, I just did. To, to kind of go back to even what we were talking about last week, Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. I think it's interesting he uses that that term sheep. Mm. <clears throat> As we understand sheep, at least through the scriptures, and others that I've talked to who have uh, know a little about sheep, I don't know that much about them. But one thing I do know is they're dumb. Mm-hmm. They are dumb. Mm-hmm. And, and they will literally walk off a cliff yeah. because they're so focused. Now, my wife might say, I'm that way when I'm driving. Yeah. I, I'm distracted by all the things <laughs> on the side, and I'm liable to run into the person in front of me. Yeah. But like a sheep, yeah. we we all, like sheep, wonder. We, we wonder. Well, I was thinking of the uh, – uh, what is the, the hymn or the song? Prone to uh, wander. Prone to wander. This uh, Lord, I, Lord feel I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is that? Uh, the fount of come thou fount of every blessing right love that yeah um i think my son has that tattooed on his 
rib cage somewhere. I have a book. I've, <laughs> I've referenced it in here before, by the way. It's really good called Prone to Wander. It's a daily yeah. confessional and prayers, and it's really good. Well, and we're not just prone to wander. You know, we're not just sheep who are just kind of drifting yeah. off course. We've already referenced the fact in, in Ephesians 2 that we're dead. Yeah. We're yeah. dead in our trespasses. Dead, and, and I guess maybe the difference with sheep is sheep are, are dumb and just kind of wander off. We actively rebel, yeah, e- even as believers sometimes. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, the good news, and this is what we're, we're kind of getting at this week, is God's solution to our problem is that God provided. He provided. And that's to, to kind of continue the, the peace. It's God's plan, man's problem, mm-hmm. God's provision right. is his son. Right. And really, as you read through Ephesians 53, I mean, Isaiah 53, and just want to encourage those who maybe didn't catch us earlier in the broadcast, we, we were reading through Isaiah 53, which just is mind-boggling as you, as you look at this text. And I'm drawn to verse 10. It says, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. Mm. I mean, that's just hard to fathom yeah. for those of us who have a son right. or have children. Right. We we tend to think, when we at least I do, when I think about the cross, we tend to think more about Jesus' suffering, which is absolutely right and proper yeah. <laughs> that we should think about that mm-hmm. and think about his suffering in the garden. But we don't tend to focus, again, at least I don't, tend to focus as much on the father's suffering, right? The father suffered in this. Absolutely. They, and we, it's not possible for us to get our minds around the fact that Jesus and the father had never been separated mm-hmm. in all of eternity past. And yet here in these moments, in these hours, they are separated. And, and, and we talked earlier about that we are spiritually dead and separated from God. And, and and this is a little hint, maybe, of what that means, right? That that in the garden, as bad as the physical suffering that Jesus was going to face was impact as 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 the impact that that was having on him when he was sweating as drops of blood and praying three times that the Father would take the cup from him. I really think it was the the spiritual agony that he was facing. <laughs> That was the greatest impediment. Well, it, to, yeah, you're, you're right. Or, or I shouldn't say impediment, but the greatest agony that he was suffering was the fact that he was going to be separated from the Father and that every sin of every person in the family of God in mm-hmm. all time mm-hmm. was somehow going to be laid on him. He was going to become sin. Yeah, He who knew no sin right. became right. sin. And the wrath of God for all of those sins poured out on him in a period of three hours. Yeah. What I, I, I don't have any capacity as a to, to understand that, but but that should give us just a tiny clue, or maybe more than a tiny clue, maybe yeah. a big clue, about <laughs> what's it going to be like to be separated mm. from God for eternity. Yeah. If Jesus was in agony like that. To be separated. Just for three hours. Yeah. And, and, Anyway, I just well, I think to your point, the when, when Jesus said, "If there be any other way, take right. this cup from me," yeah. 
he knew what was in that cup. Absolutely. He knew right. what what drinking that cup would entail. Yeah. In fact, Isaiah fifty three kind of deals a little bit with that. Verse four says, "Surely he has borne our griefs and mm-hmm. carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions." It it, it wasn't just the the separation from God. It wasn't just the fact that the agony, it was, it truly was the fact that he would become sin yeah. for us. Right. Right. Um, and that theme of becoming sin for us, I, I, you'll know the verse probably better than me, but the verse that says he, he scorned the shame of the cross for mm-hmm. the joy that was set before him. Set before well, what was the joy set before him? It was us. Yeah. It was yeah. us yeah. that he was willing to deal with that and go through that so that we could be with him. Well, and it, that verse says, and look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, mm. who for the joy right. set before right. him endured the cross, right. despising the shame, Hebrews. and yep. is seated at the right hand of mm. the Father. It says in verse 5 of Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. We were talking about hope, but it's peace also. It's what is it in this life that is giving you peace? Is it your circumstances? Is it, you know, and he's really talking about an eternal peace. We're talking about the Prince of Peace that we have that offered to us Mm -hmm. in in the person of Jesus Christ. And you know that my translation and yours says the chastisement that brought us peace, that I don't know if that's the best one. I like punishment yeah. mm-hmm. and, 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 and this idea, and, and I think it's, again, this is a little bit of an aside, but I've always struggled with the idea of, you know, God's discipline versus punishment, right? Yeah. And, and punishment is what you deserve for a law breaking or yeah. for a crime, yeah. right? Now we know Jesus didn't deserve it. We did, but he took it for us and it was a punishment. It was the punishment that we deserve. Right. But now because we're forgiven and because we're part of God's family and Jesus paid the penalty, God doesn't punish us. It might feel like that sometimes, but he disciplines, he disciplines us. us. And, yeah. the, and the difference is that discipline is always designed to bring about change because he loves us. Yeah. It's not the legal punishment that is deserved because of law-breaking, right. which is what Jesus took here. Well, and that's even going back to what we were talking about in the last segment. The hope, while yes, it is an eternal hope, for us to be in right relationship with God the Father, it's a present hope mm, also. It's right. not just an eternal hope. It's a present hope knowing that God is working all things out for his glory. Right. He, for our good, yes, but for his glory, for his purposes. Mm. His purposes is that we would be conformed to the image of Christ. Yeah. So there's hope even in his discipline. You've I'm certainly disciplined your children. I've disciplined my children. Unfortunately, I've even had to discipline my grandchildren sometimes. But it's because I want what's best for them. Yeah, and that's what brings about change. And we know God is working all things out for us to be conformed to the image of Christ. And one more thought on this. You know, you and I were talking in the break, what you mentioned earlier about the religions of the world being destroyed and every other religion that, you know, you were thinking about and looking at has this idea of earning your way to God mm-hmm. or appeasing mm-hmm. God right. in some way. 
and we were talking about this in the break, in verse 10, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. And and Paul goes on to say this, if, if there was any other way for us to be made right with God, then Christ died for nothing. Yeah. And And how cruel it would have been of the Father to not answer Jesus' prayer, okay, there is another way, if there was another way. And the, and the answer is, we know, clearly there was no other way. There is no other way. And Jesus makes that clear, talking about himself, and Paul makes it clear that, you know, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, and yeah. no one comes to the Father but by him. That's it. Well, and that's, you know, what we're going to get at most of the week is the fact that uh, while God has a plan, man's problem is sin, man's problem is we don't have any hope, Apart from Christ, the solution, God's provision, is his son, mm. his own son. How, how many of us would make the solution or the, 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 the solution to the problem the death of your own child? Right. It's, it's, it, our minds cannot fathom it. Who, who, and then beyond that, who you had been in perfect communion with for eternity, never separated yeah, from. That's exactly. mind-numbing mind there to try to think about that. I know, I know. And I, mean, and I think that, you know, when we quote verses that say, you know, he he who knew no sin became sin, uh, that's something I don't think we, we're, we're not very sober to that reality. No. That when we sin, we are again putting that sin on Christ. And our, I read this, I have a great book called This Cup that was written many, many years ago, and reflections on holy week we're tainted by sin our whole life our whole being our whole world is tainted and infiltrated and infected by sin but jesus when it says he who knew no sin imagine that his body and his spirit had never known sin and all of a sudden he was going to become sin what was that like for him yeah let me close with this this is a quote out of john MacArthur's book uh, the gospel according to jesus The gospel invitation is not an entreaty for sinners to allow the Savior into their lives. (laughs) It is both an appeal and a command for them to repent Mm. and follow him. Amen. God's solution is his son, and we are to repent and follow him. Believe, right. Great. David, good to be with you. Yep, we are going to end for today, but Brad and I will be back tomorrow and on Wednesday to continue this discussion. Thanks for joining us on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual